0: Hello, and welcome back to the podcast on spiritual and energetic embodiment across all the dimensions, because they overlap and anchor physically in the 3D. I'm Mars Musakia, and don't believe the lies from the other flies as we discuss the disguise with sexual and spiritual trauma on this episode of Manifestations with Mars. If you've been listening to these trauma episodes, then you'll know this all starts with a disclaimer. This podcast is made for educational and entertainment purposes only. Anything stated is from my own personal experience, education and research, and professional experience. And I am not a licensed mental health practitioner, nor do I have any qualifications that would lend credibility to any information disclosed. This is not intended to be interpreted as medical advice or treatment in any way, shape, or form. And if you have any concerns with your health, please consult the appropriate healthcare professional. Do not listen to this episode if you have trauma related to the title unless you have a proper support system in place, space to process your thoughts and emotions as they come up in response to what's heard, and are confident that you can handle potential discussions surrounding the two. If this brings something into your awareness and contextualizes your personal experience, I suggest further exploration of that and its effects on you with professional mental health counseling with a qualified therapist who is familiar with the topics. I will once again give warning to the effects of listening to this episode which can be triggering as certain examples are examined for what they are. Processing the information of this episode may take longer than others, especially if you yourself have experienced either type of trauma covered. Practitioners of any kind run the risk of re-traumatizing their clients when these things are talked about, especially if there is no way to control the response and to ensure the client isn't reliving the trauma as it occurs. Trauma of this kind should only be discussed with a licensed professional— as sharing in-depth experiences can trigger whoever's listening. It is not my intent to trigger anybody with this episode, and I feel there are important things to discuss that bridge these two topics together, which can end up creating a complex form of abuse that's harder to recognize and break away from. Please only continue listening when you're ready and take breaks as needed. Let's start with some definitions. Sexual trauma is what occurs with long-term effects that are physical, emotional, or psychological from a physical assault or battery with sexual elements, which can include domestic violence, stalking, physical assault, and rape. Sexual trauma can develop from the real actions or the threat of them as sexual harassment can contribute to this kind of trauma as well. Sexual trauma has loose contents, and examples can range from strangers on the internet doxing and threatening rape for a person, being forced into trafficking, which is kind of redundant as all trafficking is forced with coercion at the very least, to acts of torture and repeated assault that violates someone sexually. Sexual trauma can happen from individual events with one other person, be a targeted group effort, can occur as a type of sexual conversion therapy, and is commonly found with spiritual abuse and trauma as well. Spiritual trauma is a response to certain belief systems, occurring as a result of religious practices, like organized religion and cults. Spiritual trauma can be a product of othering, with no real basis other than bias or intentionally crafted messages to degrade, abuse, or dehumanize other people for the sake of a deity or supernatural presence. In my experience, this happens often with Christianity and Abrahamic religions, although it is definitely not limited to those practices and I'm very well aware of this kind of trauma across different spiritual spaces. Spiritual trauma can lead to one deviating from their own practices, removing the importance of their culture and family to force assimilation via recruitment. Spiritual trauma can occur as a punishment for having different beliefs, can be a defined part of specific practices to appease a spirit via sacrifice, and involve elements of every other type of abuse around, including but not limited to physical, emotional, sexual, psychological, and financial. It is, after all, easier to blame a god that won't show its face than hold accountability as a human who chooses to hurt others. I want to keep it as brief as possible with this episode, as I don't want to go into too much detail and risk triggering a listener, and I don't believe graphic scenes are needed when, more or less, I know that everybody who is listening knows what I'm talking about. There's an overlap between sexual trauma and spiritual trauma specifically that's important to address and be aware of as a whole. Anyone who practices energy work or spirituality should know the signs that something isn't good for them and if you're a client of someone who practices these things, consider whether these topics are appropriate to cover with them. Spiritual trauma can be harder to define or recognize than sexual trauma, although the sexual elements can be heavily involved with spiritual abuse, like I'll be discussing with the figure drawings. Spiritual trauma can occur if you're part of an energy work or spiritual practice that you're not yet ready to experience but were pressured into having, as a result of being indoctrinated to a cult or attempts at indoctrination from missions and conversions of religious practices, is used to reinforce other discriminatory or hateful beliefs, and can happen with anything that would affect or hurt someone's soul or spirit, as in, quote-unquote, that crushed my spirit, or, quote-unquote, my soul fractured from my body. Spiritual trauma occurs as a result of a lived experience, which happens with the physical body and as it's interpreted mentally and emotionally. This can also expand into someone's whole life, with spiritual trauma being the root of a culture that one may not know they need to escape from in order to heal. Moving on to the figures. Figure 12.1 shows what areas of the energetic body are more commonly afflicted with sexual trauma and how it can appear for the self or in a client. This is not intended to shame anyone, cast judgment, or tell anyone how to live their lives. What I want to nip in the bud is the concept of sexual purity and how this kind of harmful idea can leak into restrictive or shameful practices. If it's not the lie spread that you invite sexual abuse and assault into your life, it's in more subtle ways like saying you're connected to every sexual partner you've ever had or that the partner you end up with deserves and is entitled to the cleanest version of you possible. This echoes some of the virginal trauma that's often rooted in religion, where people assigned female at birth are sexualized from a younger age and therefore further restricted or harmed for such. I talked about this kind of dynamic a little bit in the first episode on trauma, where I mentioned someone's relationship with a famous predator and abuser. The purity concepts lie mostly in some sort of power, that is a thing to take and not experience. It's more common to believe that someone used the sexual essence other people projected onto them because of their own attraction, rather than consider it as someone being young, naive, and believing the adults around them would be acting better. Something similar can also happen where people are coerced into situations that they may not have otherwise consented to without that influence. Because coercion was involved, there isn't consent at all. And this can end up being traumatic since it is literally an assault on the body this can appear when someone is already traumatized and quote unquote acts out with hypersexuality either reinforcing the disconnect between the body and the mind or finding value in this kind of dynamic as this is the only way they're used to being seen as worthy by others worthy meaning getting attention of spending time with and potentially being used or taken advantage of it's not your fault if you're groomed abused or assaulted and any of these things can cause lasting trauma and change the survivor's life. Coercion can also occur with attempts of conversion therapy, and it's not an idea I'm only familiarizing myself with now. As a trans man who's in a gay relationship, there's been a pattern of women in my life, or who I'm aware of, who are also attracted to men, even though those same men wouldn't return that attraction due to their sexuality. I've heard things about gay people, where women believe that the trauma with other women that was experienced in men, gay men, needs to be overcome for whatever reason. As if learning about attempts of rape, or assault wouldn't be further traumatizing them and betraying the trust that they have in their so-called friends. The same people thought that they could talk about private things with my transition that I never discussed or would consider appropriate for them to say, being told that I should ask for the biggest dick possible and that I'd be hot as a guy. I didn't know that I wasn't a guy, and if you needed the news flash, those are things that you don't say to trans men without their own prompting, or even at all if you wanted to be considerate of their feelings. Either way, men, especially people that are in the LGBT Umbrella, and masculine-aligned people are often targeted for sexual trauma at the hands of a hetero-attracted women, and these experiences are dismissed and not taken seriously if they can even be fully talked about at all. On the other hand, women and feminine-aligned people are targeted a little differently for sexual trauma, which I'll examine further in Figure 12.2. With all of these things considered, figure 12.1 represents the pain of sexual trauma across the bodies. This affects the whole body, as there isn't an energetic point that gets spared in this experience. Aside from causing possible permanent damage within the psyche with long-lasting condition like PTSD, there can be additional health issues caused in relation to the stress of trauma. Studies have been done where people with a higher adverse childhood experience score are more likely to end up with an autoimmune condition diagnosed later on in life, which can lead to permanent disability from either condition or additional ones activated as a long-term effect of the trauma. In the next episode, I'll talk about healing from trauma in the energetic points, but they're not the only part of the energetic body affected by this. As each energy point extends out into the body in the form of meridians, there may be a disconnect or fraying of these ends that would most likely look like a form of dissociation or depersonalization in real life. A lot of doubt about the self, the body, and perception is introduced for the person in figure 12.1 as a result of the sexual trauma experienced. The doubt is often found in the higher energy centers, influencing the voice of the inner critic or possibly furthering abuse of the self via berating or other tactics from other traumatic experiences that compounded into flashbacks. Questioning the relationship with the body and how it Perceived sensory information is more often found with the lower energetic points but it is not limited to that area as it can become an obsession or another way to self-harm and discredit or distrust the self the ability to create is afflicted which translates into a different version of reality that may not really be true as a way to protect the self and avoid further traumatization due to the nature of trauma The relationship one may have with their whole body can be affected to the point that a serious disconnect is caused. As this podcast is for adults, the perception with genitals, the bottom area, or anything else that was sexualized and or abused can have a dysphoric effect that should be examined in therapy with a specialized professional. It is completely possible, and even normal, to recover from this kind of trauma over time and with coping and reclaiming. Recognizing that your body is still yours and you can learn to live with and even love it. In figure 12.2, the kind of spiritual trauma that can manifest sexually with women and feminine aligned people happens in one-on-one settings like client sessions or in group dynamics like a full-blown yet not officially recognized cult. These can be the kinds of practices where sexual workshops are held where the client is expected to engage in sexual acts with the practitioner or others, or where people are taught that certain powers or abilities are gained through sexual acts with non-consenting partners. In more physical settings, this can show with magical rituals and group sex to serve spirits or manifest for the self, with the belief that the sexual energy is funneled into this manifestation, rather than already used for someone's personal pleasure. Since sexual energy is the same thing as creative energy, you don't need to have sex or perform sex to bring something into reality. You can have another creative process that bridges that gap, that keeps you dedicated to your own body, and some people even find their creative abilities heightened during periods of celibacy. Figure 12.2 shows that there was trust in place that was violated along with other parts of the body. The person on the left is the victim in this situation, with the person on the right holding more authority for whatever reason. They're a practitioner, teacher, guru, cult leader, feigned deity, what have you. A common group could be people who worship a certain moon goddess or a set of goddesses. This group would share in-group teachings, such as pressuring others to be open sexually and fluid in experiences, like masturbating to the moon with everyone else around, or having sexual partners they don't necessarily want to engage with, diverting personal energy for the sake of the group or deity, or even involving drugs and other substances that impact one's ability to consent, making it a collective traumatic experience for those involved. In more personal settings, it's very easy for a practitioner to mislead a client, either based on what they think that the client wants to hear, or what the practitioner Practitioner wants for themselves. It's not unheard of for people to be romantically or sexually interested in their clients, then abusing their position as a practitioner to influence a desirable course of action. The client can be clueless to this influence or attempt at controlling the situation, especially if they're already emotionally vulnerable in seeking the help of the practitioner or unfamiliar with ethical practices and healthy boundaries in these settings. These clients can end up in relationships with their practitioners, which violates the trust they placed in the practitioner, unless they had that ulterior motive from the beginning, which then everything I'm saying can be reversed. But for the most part, it's the practitioner who ends up being the abuser, causing spiritual trauma amongst others if this isn't realized, which it usually isn't, as people don't immediately recognize that they're being treated inappropriately. This is also more common to occur with younger clients, and those who are neurodivergent as well, with behavior turning more extreme with missed social cues that can cause an abuser to retaliate. Figure 12.2 shows that it is personal, even when one may think it isn't, and it's a lot to recover from, if it's even realized at all. People who are vulnerable to these dynamics, where someone can control who they are and what they do, don't see it happening like someone external to the situation might be able to. Spiritual trauma is easier for a practitioner to get away with, as they can always claim that the client is crazy and paint the narrative of ignorance and naivety when they fully know what they were doing. Or they can continually change the narrative as more channeled messages and spiritual guidance is received, which is really just fancy terms for someone being biased and justifying their abusive actions. Spiritual and sexual trauma aren't better or worse to experience than other kinds of trauma, as there is no true comparison for trauma between individuals, but it does manifest very specifically in certain spaces and practices. If you are interested in researching more of this on your own, I warn you to be mindful of the source. Part of this kind of trauma is heightened with things like spiritual psychosis, where people will justify hurting or even killing others as divine justice for whatever mental health episode they're experiencing. Part of that harm can include spreading misinformation and leading people into unhealthy escapism or active delusions. Like what happens when you tell the person who booked their fifth tarot reading with you on the same person who doesn't even know that they're being asked about. Or when you tell people that they're aliens and not human when they're autistic or have adhd or another condition under the neurodivergence label or when you charge a decent percentage of someone's rent to have a session with you only to tell them that they need more sessions with you and create a sense of urgency that this must be completed or you'll continue to suffer. There is nothing that a session can immediately help you with other than a sense of calm when done right. It won't fix all of your problems or give you all of the answers that you're trying to find. That's all for this topic. (laughs) I'm done with this. If you want to know more, there's probably your own experiences that you can reflect on and contextualize with the help of a professional. These create whole systems of trauma and abuse to sift through that can only reasonably be done alongside a qualified specialist, one that rarely a practitioner is equipped to handle. For insight on healing from trauma that I can provide, please tune into the final episode centered on trauma next time on Manifestations with Mars.